Hi, I'm Blake Repine and welcome to Strategy, Leadership and Impact. Hi everybody, welcome back to this episode of Strategy, Leadership and Impact. Got a pretty good episode coming up for you, at least I think it is. Now I'm a bit biased though, of course. In this episode, I've done another interview, and this time I've interviewed Katie Tebbett and Ben Growth about their new organization called 360 View. And through this interview, we actually discuss how they went from a, or how they're going from a place-based business only able to serve clientele in one town to scaling their business up into a new business model that could potentially reach people across their state, nationally, and even internationally. But throughout the interview, you'll hear certain things that really are very prominent throughout the interview that I believe will help them be successful in this new business venture. And those really three themes that keep coming through are, are really three key things that you need to make a business unstoppable, which honestly might be a, a topic for another podcast episode. We'll see. But those three things that come through, you know, quite predominantly throughout this interview are one, they identified a need and they identified a way to address that need that they see within society and individuals' lives. And then the second thing, of course, they have the passion to address that need. So they have their purpose, which is addressing the need, and then they have the passion to do it. Not a lot of people that go into business actually do that. They just go into a business because that's what a lot of other people do. And then the third thing is they've put together the right mix of skills and personalities to make sure that they're really moving toward the goal that they've set for the, the goals that they've set for the business there. They're moving toward achievement. They're actually staying focused on that need that they're wanting to address as they grow the business. And of course, we'll talk about it toward the end of the, the interview, but you can check them out. They do have a podcast called 360 View. It's available on all the major platforms. They also are available on Instagram and Facebook, you know, through various social media sites, uh, 360view.co. And that's also their website, 360view.co. Check them out, uh, particularly if, if anything within this episode resonates with you. Uh, give them a, a like, give them a review, uh, connect with them because as this business rolls out, there's probably something in there that you're going to be able to utilize, whether it's in your personal life or with an organization that you represent or are with. So anyway, without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. Hi, Katie and Ben. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Strategy, Leadership, and Impact. Hope you're both well. Well, thank yes, you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You're looking well. So that's good. Thank you. As are you, Blake. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to bring you on the podcast for this episode was to talk about your new business, the new kind of direction that you're taking things with 360 View. And just wondering, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what is 360 View and how did it come about? Yeah, so 360 View is... It started as just a podcast, um, and then we've decided to take it a little bit further with the view and vision um, that we've had since starting that. Um, so we explore a wide range of factors that um, surround your health, your wellness, and your environmental interaction. So it's all aspects of your life. It's a 360 view of your health and wellness. Um, so we do encompass your body, your wellness, and your mind, making sure that we get a broad view of everything to do with that because what we found for a long time was that people tended to drill down on one factor of their health and they'd see it as the answer to their problem. So they'd have all of these issues, maybe their sleep was terrible, they were carrying a little bit more weight than they would like to, their energy wasn't there and they'd drill down on one factor, so for example their nutrition, and they'd drill down on that so much and think that that was the answer 
to all of their issues and then they get so disappointed and it ends in like this feeling of failure and disappointment and everything when that doesn't happen because you thought it was the answer. So what we've come to find is that there's no one factor that you can drill down on that gives you the answer. The answer is being 1% better in every category and trying to create a balanced, um, holistic approach to your health, which is then going to enhance your life one step at a time rather than being so dialed down on one factor, which is then going to see a lot of compromise in other, in other areas. Yeah, it first started off as the, the, the one thing as we obviously working on being around the fitness industry, that's one part of we see as one part of the actual big picture. And um, we sort of wanted to start a podcast purely because there's so much information out there. People won't find that there's not a lot of information. They just don't know what's good information and what's not mm-hmm. worthwhile because people, and, it, and it's with everything, people can put out a lot of information. Is it actually worthwhile? Is it beneficial? So what we found is we thought if we can do a podcast or something that we can have a bit of a chat, bring different people on, we can talk about a fair bit of different stuff and start to get into that like chiropractor, physios, um, weightlifting, things that people do a lot of, nutrition and stuff like that, and try and bring that all together and that people know that you can't just be doing one thing, you've now got to actually bring it through a whole lot. So we need to, the whole hence of it is a 360 viewers to look at the whole thing. Okay, that's good. And so you started this podcast and before doing that, obviously you had a, as the listeners would have heard in the intro, you had a, a very much a place-based fitness business, yes. CrossFit, Box, uh, and you kind of upgraded that to a movement and performance, uh, just looking again at the holistic person and you started the podcast and now you, you're developing a whole new business model based off what that's come about. So what was the trigger to do that? to create that whole new business model. Kind of, can you give us an overview of what that new business model is? Yeah, so the trigger for the new business model um, was purely being able to help more people and having more reach to be able to help more people. Obviously, being a brick and mortar, a localized facility, you only have the reach of so many people, which is amazing and it does have a high impact. But for this, it's making an option that's accessible for people worldwide um, and it's also filling a gap that we thought was glaringly obvious. It was there, um, so that's what we're trying to fill at the moment. So the business model is two different parts to it. Um, So first we have our business to consumer. Um, So this is for us to provide that help for them. There's a couple of different programs that we're releasing in regards to that to help people gain a 360 view of their life and to gain that um, leveled up wellness that they need. And then we have a business to business where we're looking into um, providing a program for businesses and corporations in order to benefit their employees, which is then going to improve employee productivity, um, retention and everything along those lines. So is that like just an employee wellness program, overall wellness? Overall wellness, yeah, because what we find is that a lot of limiting factors for employees, um, one, their health is huge and two, their mindset is massive. So you'll find that employees, you often have no idea what they're going through and you have no idea what their health is like, what their sleep is like, what their mindset is like, and that can be holding back their potential from your business. If you can get all of your employees on board or even 90% of your employees on board and you can level up their life in some small way, their contribution to your business is now going to be that much more. Because because people actually, most businesses can be transitional or be um, movable or relocatable. The whole idea is, is it's actually built on your staff. Your staff is what your business is, the staff is how they set it up. 
how people are wanting to come back to interact with those people or that customer experience. So if they know that you're actually got a big investment in your staff and people are the main crux of the business, is that if you've got that buy-in by the company, then they understand you really care and they want to give back as well. So do you see this more as a... um like a prevention type program in a way. So what I, what I see a lot, particularly in the corporate side of things is there's a lot of wellness programs in the corporate world that a lot of companies have you know, taken up, but usually they're, they're reactive type programs. It's mental health after the employees had something happen. It's a, a health and fitness program after the employees had issues or they're seeing increased numbers of work health and safety issues. You're seeing increased lost time, increased retention. So is this more of a, a proactive versus a reactive type program that you're running? Yeah, it, it's definitely more proactive and something to be put in place uh, from the first day. From something to let people know and have them actually have buy-in with stuff so that they can then build themselves and understand it's not only just for them as a business thing, it's more also for people outside of work. And now we know the whole um, like work-life balance we've talked about is one big thing, is that if they understand that this is actually assisting them also outside of work, it can definitely help them there and it's really got to be buy-in for that. Yeah, and as a preventative measure, um, often when it's reactive, it's seen as too little, too late by the employees and therefore employee uptake isn't there because it's seen as you didn't care until something major happened. And that's never a position you want to get yourself into as an organization is you want to be seen as caring for your employees from the get-go, not just after something major happens. It's the same thing after someone gets an offer after they try to resign. Because it's an, it, they're an asset. The staff are an asset. So if they understand that it's all and it's total, like from the start, we care about what you're doing. We want to make sure that you've got steps in place to get to that next level or be able to see you've got that buy-in so that we know that you understand that we care. That's where they can go from there. That's really good. So the majority of the program, are they, even if it's a corporate uh, organization that's subscribing to your program or an individual that's subscribing to your program, is it very much driven by the individual? What type of accountability might they have within that system? Um, so we've gone through a ton of accountability measures for them. Um, it is very much individually accountability driven. Um, so how that then works is people can go through their levels and when they go through their levels and they get um, like a tracking of how many days they've completed and it doesn't have to be completing everything within that day. It's just purely the sign on and reading something or looking at something or completing something every day that they mark off then goes towards it and it almost goes in like a streak type fashion. So they then get so many days and then they get a reward after so many days and it um, encourages that consistency with it. So we're not looking for the most engagement with it it's purely for consistency which we know is the most important thing yeah, and it's it's a big thing that we found just even purely interacting with people in a brick and mortar type area is you see the biggest results with consistency so people can just even if they're coming in they're saying they're sore one day they don't really want to work out the next day they can actually just come in and move in most times it keeps that patterning so people have kept in that patterning of that habitual areas to keep moving through and do something. That's a big win and that just builds that consistency so people actually make it. it. It's that hard to break that habit now. They've actually done it and it's brought into their lifestyle. Yeah, and the people that generally go hard and fast with something, mm-hmm. um, they end up in pain, they end up burnt out, it's short term and they actually end up with diminishing results 
close to that um, hardcore go at it. Um, but what we're looking for is we're not interested in the four-week, the six-week, the eight-week change because we know that that's not long-term in terms of the life. What? You're looking at what would be the after photo to what someone does and every year for the next 10 to 20 years after that is then them sustaining that. So we're looking for continual growth over the next 20 years for employees and for individuals to make sure that they have a life where they can continually grow. They're not going through the yo-yo cycling of being better and then getting worse because it results in so much fear, so much failure um, around getting better. That sounds great. Sounds like a, a good answer to, I guess, a lot of problems people see whenever they do challenges. Yes. You know, your six or eight week challenges, you see some results, usually because you're starving yourself. And then yeah. as soon as you're done, within a few weeks, you've rebounded to where you were before, even worse. Yeah. So it sounds like uh, that consistency over time will be very beneficial to the, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah. and, and we've heard that as well around us, like you had said, is, is that 1% better every day or that 1% better a week? You know, if you're adding, you're actually better by the end of the year. Think of this as a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a short-term win. It's, it's looking for that long-term beneficial and that's a whole mentality to break is one because yeah. people have gotten into those challenge cycles they're only able to maintain the things that they're able to do in that challenge for a maximum of the time of the challenge and they know that that's the time they can maintain it for that's now not sustainable but even though it's not sustainable it becomes the benchmark for what they think they have to do to be a dipped in healthy, yeah, person. healthy person so now you're looking at that and they've set the benchmark so high that's going to be completely unachievable <laughs> that even if they had a really balanced healthy um, sustainable life they're still going to see it as failing because it's not reaching that unachievable benchmark so they're constantly reaching this unachievable benchmark and then failing then oh my goodness I'm so good and then failing you're never going to maintain the same habits that you have on a challenge because they're so time restricted mm, no, that's great so moving on I guess from what 360 view is all about so actually some some kind of nuts and bolts questions around the business. Yeah. So going from a, a place-based business, obviously you've set 360 View up as its own company. Yes. But going from the current uh, place-based business, serving the local community to scaling up to potentially targeting a market worldwide, what are some of the challenges that you've had in that and how are you meeting those challenges? So many challenges. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a massive, massive learning curve for us. Um, but we are continually learning, getting better, a lot of mentoring um, by a lot of different people. I know we've done a little bit of work with you too, Blake, um, yeah. with a couple of things. Um, number one is probably the technology side of it um, is just the pure scale that you need of it. So it's developing these systems so they are efficient, they are scalable, um, and they work seamlessly. Um, that's that's probably one of the biggest. Yeah, it's it's definitely also as far as a big thing is, is creating that content. So being ensuring that we've got something for every person or we understand that there's something that could potentially come, everyone's going to see curveballs, everyone's going to see things come from the side. It's trying to sit down and work through all those things and be able to make it so that that's in place where you have systems in place that can understand what's going to happen with that. Biggest thing, and it's something from any industry that we've come through, is, is putting things in place so that systems are available for it. If we see a flow chart that something comes out to side, 
we know that that's a yes or no answer or, or some way to be able to, it goes now to this step or this person is now responsible for looking after this or it's going to end up triggering this response. So we know we're going to put stuff in place and that's the hardest thing is to try and make sure those systems in place and being able to step back, put them in place and see if they work. That's the hardest thing is to make sure and then be able to make things, you know, like flow on the fly. Like you've got to be able to make sure that things are happening seamlessly. If they don't, come back, reassess, that didn't work, where have we got to go from here? Yeah, and probably team as well. Like mm. looking at building a team that isn't locally based, obviously being a facility here, everyone that we've ever employed has been under our roof and you talk to them daily and you can mentor them and you go through the process and you know exactly what's going on in their life at any given point. Mm. Whereas looking at building a team that's worldwide potentially is quite foreign to us. Um, so that's obviously a big learning curve for us. So to do that, are you seeing that your workforce uh, is changing as far as the makeup? So I'd imagine play space, you probably only have a lot of coaches and things like that. But doing this other uh, initiative, what? how are you seeing that workforce change, the makeup of that workforce change, those skills that you need? Um, so skills that are needed are quite different. Um, so going through the processes to ensure that people are the right fit culturally for 360 and they do also align with our values and our philosophies with it as well is super important for us going forwards. Um, so looking at things like videographers, photographers, um, audio specialists is, IT, also, IT, IT, stuff like um, is also really quite foreign for us as well. What we have had in-house before is either admin or you have coaches and you're looking for the best, um, obviously being a fitness facility, the best fitness coaches that you can get and then mentoring them and bring them up. Or is this completely different hiring someone in a field that you're not an expert in, yeah. Yeah. that you you don't know the ins and outs of? Which is having that, uh, having that process of knowing what we need, nutting down on what it is and what roles we see as critical roles to start off with. So what's a critical role that we know we can't get away without doing it. It's outside of all of our skill sets is then being able to tick off and say, these are things that we know we need. Do these people, you know, have that or can they gain that skill? It's not potentially what some people may have exactly. They may need to have the base and precursor to it, but be able to obtain or want to obtain that skill to know. So you may see that there's people that potentially are great at one thing and that is going to help you later on, but do they have the skill to be able to either learn or is it going to be a field that's going to be easy to transition for them? Because maybe someone has a good cultural fit for us and they can do that or they don't have a good cultural fit, but they have all the skills. That potentially is not something that we're happy to negate or forego is potentially having that person because the hardest thing is, is if you end up with a rotten egg in somewhere, it can end up festering. And if you haven't got the people that are wanting to work towards the right vision, then it's hard to try and change it. They can potentially be very bad and pull everyone else down. Yeah, I definitely recommend to anybody take cultural fit over a technical fit any day because you can train people, you can teach them technical skills, but culturally they can do a lot of damage if they don't fit. Yeah, that's them. right. So how do you go from, let's say, just as an example, 100 members showing up every day yeah. to potentially having to service 10,000 people or even more across the world without working 20 hours a day plus. Uh, how do you maintain your work-life balance with, with, with reaching that much scale? How do you do that? What What's the challenge? That's something we're still figuring out. <laughs> yeah, it's still learning. <laughs> there have been a cu- more than a couple of um, 
very long days plus. Um, however, we are finding that balance. And for what our philosophy is with 360, it's also for us to, again, go over with such a massive change. In the fitness industry, we had balance there because it's what we did for a long time. So then transitioning to something with such a higher scale, it's for us, again, to learn this balance and to try and find that balance there. So it's really making sure that our basics are getting prioritised, like still working out um, a couple of times a week, still making sure that you're getting outside, you're getting your son, still doing all of your mindset work. As long as all of those routines, habits and practices are in place, we then find that we function a lot better in order to service potentially 10,000 members. So develop that there. Um, in terms of doing that, it is outsourcing. It is um, developing a team and it is using using what we have to get there. Yeah, it's understanding the things that we're good at and things that are going to add value to what we believe is in the business is, is going to be worthwhile, even if it's not straight away, if it's worth later on. And then understanding that potentially there's not, not a worth in Katie or myself or Janelle or someone actually doing some of those smaller bare basic stuff that's pretty easily outsourced thing. It's able to give that to someone that can have a system in place, easily flow through it and it can get done while we're working on other stuff that's actually going to be either front of business or in front of customers. Yeah. And you did mention Janelle, who we didn't talk about earlier, but she is the third, I guess, partner in, in the business, kind of the silent partner in a way, the silent but uh, uh, strong partner. <laughs> yeah. so, so, silent but strong person, that's silent. Yeah. 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 That's right. So, um, yeah, so definitely... Uh, uh, but it's a very important person to have along in the business, kind of that, that common sense type, or I wouldn't say common sense, but more the, the, the devil's advocate at times, which you need to have you back up at times and, and think about things a bit differently. We like to call her more of a defense person. Yes. More of a defense, sit back, tell us what we can and can't So we're definitely offense. We would like to um, move forwards and pay for this yeah. and get marketing for this and move forwards on this and do this. And Janelle is definitely our... Here's how we make this sustainable. Here's how yeah. this actually yeah. works. There's a reason. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And yeah. I've heard it in plenty of different podcasts that I listen to as well. And Janelle's probably more into business um, development and doing stuff mm. like that as well. As far as you definitely need people that are either offense and people that are defense to try and get a good balance of what's going on. Same as you would know with any team. You need people that are defending and people that are attacking. So we need both playing at the same and both having the same goal. So yes, the defense person might think about it as a 10 year and the offense people might think it was a two year goal. Yeah. But we definitely need to be able to play that game together. I think they both have, you know, massive benefits to an organization, particularly a startup. You know, if you look yeah. at it yeah. and yeah, it's, as long as you're able to work together in that in that relationship, and I can you know say just from what I've seen, it is very a very good relationship. So it is able to move the business forward and, and not detrimental. It's it's a very much an advantage, I think. Yeah. And mm-hmm. having, like I say, is mentoring and, and things that we don't necessarily see. It's the same as like you had said with working with businesses have upwards of thousands of people that are involved in it. We're not on that scale. We've not seen that scale. We've not seen the problems. We don't know about the setup stuff that needs to happen and totally by having yourself or other people, you know, like sitting and looking externally at the business and saying, hey, this is not something you want to put all your time into or this is not some way you want to set this up because it's not going to be scalable. You're not going to, you're going to cost yourself a lot of money to change this. 
it, it's a big benefit to be able to sit back and look at that because potentially the people that are trying to be, you know, not even just the entrepreneurs, but the people that are actually trying to think about how to do the front of house stuff and get people in and help with people with, with the whole idea is the dream of chasing what it is, is you need those people to actually look externally and say, this is what's going to happen. And it's something that I know um, I've spoken about before is looking at the like having a mentor gives you the opportunity if your business is a picture you're generally part of the picture and you're looking from inside that and looking at how everything moves having a mentor is giving you a chance to step outside and have a look at that picture from an external view where you're looking from above and you're not part of it and that also takes away a lot of the um, emotional investment that you have in it because obviously when you're growing something especially in a startup phase it's your baby like you yeah. are a hundred percent emotionally yeah. invested in that. I actually did a podcast on that. I think it was um, it is a hundred percent on how a growing a business is the same thing as having a child and raising a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very similar. It is, and so it yeah. gives you that chance to step outside and be like, okay, how is this functioning? How are we streamlining things and go through all of your checks, your um, looks at things, and make sure everything is balancing and adding up. That's good. So, how much? Um, moving down this new direction do you think will manage risk for you in the future because if you look at the situation last year and, and kind of that we're still in now with COVID and you couldn't operate for a period of time fortunately you operate now but with certain restrictions how does does this mitigate a lot of those risks moving forward because uh, it could potentially be around for, for quite a while yes for us as a business um, this does mitigate that risk massively I'm obviously being a hundred percent online based as long as Ben and I are able to be in a room at the same place. If that happened to not happen, then we would be over Zoom. Um, it works for us. Um, so potentially any future outbreaks, anything that happens, we're fine with that being online-based. In terms of other businesses, what we see benefiting for them, mitigating risk moving forwards, is definitely especially moving into our second year, end of our first year and second year of COVID, is managing their employees' mental health again, mm-hmm. from preventative measure instead of reactive. So for their business, it's also as that um, preventative measure for them. Well, I think employee engagement is still incredibly important. And yeah. what what you're doing with this is potentially a way that they can engage their employees. Because yes. the, when they're missing those socialization processes that happen in the work environment and they're no longer there, it does lead to some mental health issues or they, they yes. become more exposed to mental health issues. So it's, it's really good. But talking about... You know, moving on, I guess, to your own mental health issues, if you look at a lot of businesses that did have to shut down, uh, either financially they didn't reopen and some of them didn't reopen because the mental health issues it caused for the owners. Yeah. You know, just looking at that, that frustration, not being able to do whatever they love, not being able to bring in an income, uh, various other factors. And a lot of them would just shut shop. So, yeah. but you guys didn't. You decided to pivot the business. Yeah. How did your own mental health, I guess, play into that entire process? Like what, what were some of the challenges? What, well, it was a big, I mean, it's a big thing to do is to move online when we were totally an in-person, face-to-face based business straight up is we had to have people in the door and the amount of people that come through the door was a hard thing. So it ended up having to look at system-wise. So we had to be able to, to flip and either develop or find a program or find a platform that everyone could either have access to 
or, or someone could be able to get on and we could create that content and still have it. And, and the girls did like Janan and Katie did a lot more in that involvement than I did. I more just sort of came in at the end or, or was involved in some of the classes and doing some of them to give them a break because it ended up being, we felt we had to try and create more value or give more things to people because they physically couldn't come to the gym. So we had to actually think we were oversupplying people quality or for their value for money is to try and get them to do that so we ended up putting on more online classes to try to give people more opportunity to do that and a big frustration as far as would this work and it's trying to learn that in a very short time frame so we knew that we would have only had when that all happened it was sort of coming on a monday morning we were all sweet still working okay and then by lunchtime that was it, everyone was closed, so we couldn't have anyone coming to the gym. It was a big pivot, and can we make this work? Who's going to do this? What space do we have? Katie and I are sitting down and rewriting programs as far as what can people, people sending in lists of what they have, what they have access to, equipment. We were lending out our equipment, then we had to do a bit of a lot of stuff, and it's something for people to think about is insurance-wise. And, you know, a lot of people are quick, with, with reactiveness in trying to get out there, they sometimes don't think about what could happen the potential effects if something went wrong. And everything's okay and while it's going right, but as soon as it goes bad, that's when we all flip back and go, oh, I never saw that coming. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was real hard mentally for everyone to get on board as far as work it out and go from there. Yeah, and as far as our mental capacity going through it, our pivot was... Um, I'm very grateful for how fast we pivoted um, and also how we were able to just set. There obviously was like half an hour when we got announced that we were shutting down for like a little bit of ah! yeah. <laughs> um, panic mode. Yeah, it was a little bit of a panic mode. Um, but in saying that, we did have all of our contingency plans and measures in place. So we actually had a five-step contingency plan um, as to due to this outbreak at what stages what was going to be triggered to happen um, which then also takes a lot of that stress and that worry off of your plate because you know at what steps what happens um, the only difference was we went from um, contingency one to five overnight um, and we were closed by midday the next day um, but having those measures in place it did take a lot of pressure off there's still so much to figure out so much to do but because half of it was already planned we did get to have that step back and be like we're going to be okay, it's going to be fine, and this is how we get through it. And it was very much a more planned and logical step for us to get through that. I think that's a good, uh, really good point you just made around that planning bit. Yeah. You know, I can remember several years ago having to do up a, a pandemic policy, and I thought, this is ridiculous, this has never happened, but we did one. Yeah. You know, and, and same thing too, but sitting down as soon as something kind of starts peeking its head up, and having a contingency for it where I think a lot of the businesses they caught out or that did close their doors and never reopened, they had that mindset. They don't do contingency planning. Yes. Either they're too busy in the business or they think, oh, it's not really going to be that bad. It's not going to happen. We don't need it. But that little bit of preparation, again, like you yeah. said, it, it reduced the amount of mental stress you had because you knew what you had to do. Yeah. Uh, but also, too, it just gives you that view of where you're going. So I think it's an incredibly important point that, um, that a lot of businesses – can take from this in business owners if you want to be ready just and as you say i think the whole thing is with that is sometimes some communication with your staff 
like communication with the staff. Like we we lost some people as far as having to step out because of time frames or that didn't work for them to do when we were doing classes now because they had family or or other things happening is communicating with your with your staff knowing the direction because if you're trying to as a business owner if you keep that all to yourself then it makes it very difficult because you're now wearing all the burden of the business as far as what you're going to do because you do have a worry that i've potentially got other people's incomes livelihoods everything else going on my shoulders is communicating that with your staff and saying, hey, this is the direction I've got to do. And I mean, sometimes in being a good leader with doing it is being able to communicate and having input and knowing potentially that as a leader, you may not have every answer, but your idea is to try and get it. Your, your job is to get all the ideas that everyone has and work out whether it's a plan from there that you can put them all together for a direction or potentially looking at how they fit in your picture to be able to go for the direction that you're doing and then communicating that with everyone because once everyone's on the same page you don't have five people you know because mm-hmm. it's the same as if you're sitting in a wagon and you have five horses and they're all pulling in all different directions you're not going anywhere yeah but if we suddenly find that everyone's got the same idea suddenly the wagon goes forward and everyone's going in the same thing and we're we're making progress because the thing is is we're either regressing or we're progressing we're never staying the same. So we're either going backwards or we're going, we need to go forwards. And that's been huge for us as well as getting our team on the same page, working towards a common goal. And they are now extremely invested in our mission, our purpose. Um, they know our values, what we're trying to do and moving forwards. Um, and you see, again, with that, the level of their engagement and their productivity has increased and exponentially. Their buy-in is buy-in massive. Is um, and they have a purpose behind what they're doing every day. So their employee satisfaction is so much higher because they come into work and they're good. Like they have their goals for the quarter for the year and they know exactly what they're working towards, which then gives them this extra drive so that then they know exactly when they've achieved and what they're working towards. They know what buy they have in the business. They know what, what it's working towards and what their, what their goals and what their steps are and what blocks it's making to build the wall. And it's a bigger goal than a revenue goal. It's not saying we just want to hit this revenue by this month, this by this year, because for them, that's not motivating. Whereas no. for them, being part of a movement that's going to have some potential impact in the world is going to leave something that's good, that's motivating for them. No, that's great. Um, so talk about the business. So been you and Janelle, of course, have owned the business for quite a while. You owned Vivid, uh, moving and performance for a number of years now. So you've had successes and challenges there. But Katie, for you, this is your first business that you've been an owner of. Yes. So how does that change things for you? What you know, being a, a new business owner and a startup, what I guess, what are some of the the feelings you've had around that? What are some of the the things you've experienced around that? Um, feeling wise. Lots of excitement, lots of terror, um, <laughs> all in the one. Um, I suppose I've been extremely lucky over the last, especially three years, is having a massive play in the physical business that Ben and Janelle own um, and having lots of background views and all of our back of houses being so heavily involved in that that I've gotten the experience with that without it being my business. So without me having that weight on my shoulders of it being my business, I've gotten the inside look and also um, have gotten the opportunity to have an outside of you on it as well, which is then beneficial moving forward into this because then all of those lessons that we've taken from that, again, with Ben and Janelle's experience in that, is being to take in um, 
all the lessons and then just everything we've learned be able to fix it this time around instead of making the same mistakes again. Um, it is it is a, diff, a different um, – it is a little bit scary, um, but it yeah. is exciting as well. And it is obviously massively different, being an entirely different model, being online, being having such bigger hopes and dreams and missions and visions for it um, is massive. And what we bring to the table, I feel, works really well together. Like I'm our creative soul um, in doing that and a little bit more excited, a little bit more idea-sy. Um Ben is very much, he's a little bit of both. He's analytical. He has his creative side as well. That works really well. Um, and Janelle is very much analytical, numbers-based and very organised and focused. So we do very much balance each other out in that sense. It's definitely a good mix for success across the three of you. Um, so digging a little bit deeper, you know, it's easy to talk about successes and even some of the challenges, but for both of you, what is one of your biggest fears with kind of getting this new business up and going? Oh. Well, fear for me is trying to make sure that it's successful. We can reach as many people as we can. We had a big vision. Well, well I have, and I know Katie does. Like, we buy in a lot with a lot of stuff. And Janelle sometimes puts her earphones in when we carry on with a lot of things. It doesn't really concern too much. But as far as how we bought in and the vision that we have, is we're both working towards the same goal. But the thing is, is where we're worried and sometimes, well, I know I get worried is do we, are we able to find other people that have the same or can see the small crumbs to build to the bigger cake yeah. to understand that that's what we're actually building towards. So people need to understand, and we talked about it with ch- challenges and stuff before, is understanding that we want this to be a lifestyle. We want people to be understanding that it is, like you say, our physical, our mental, and our wellness. Like that. That's the whole idea of the being 360 and doing that and trying to make sure that we can reach people to let them know that this is the way. It, it needs to be understood as a long term. We're so now in society is such a here and now, hit it quick and done. We want everything tomorrow. If we don't have it quick enough, we don't want to wait for it. If someone ended up saying, I've got back pain, I'll give you a pill, but you got to come and see me every month to get the pill, or I can spend the next 12 months, 18 months teaching you how to do and look after your back, and you never have to see me again, people will go for the pill every time because they can give instantaneous freedom or instantaneous pain. So that's the thing. It's just trying to get that out there. That's not how... That's not what we want to see. We want to have people with buy-in to it. So a big fear for me is trying to understand that people can see some benefit in what we're trying to provide. Yeah. And definitely, my fear would be along the same lines of not being able to educate people well enough. Yeah. Because the thing is that we know exactly, like, everything is so clear of what we want to educate people on um, and what our mission is moving forward with this and being able to change the face of how people approach things like pain like their health like their fitness and not being that quick fix for them and being able to have like we encourage all of our um listeners and all of our followers to keep an open mind about things because we definitely do have um a little bit of an alternative view on some things um however proven and backed by our research and everything um but it isn't mainstream so keeping that open mind, but it is definitely you do have that fear when you're doing something that is different and that hasn't been done before and you haven't put – no one has put all of this together in one place before. You're like, like, are we crazy? <laughs> That's definitely my fear is are we crazy? Like what? Yeah. It's, I suppose, I don't know what you'd call it. It's potentially imposter syndrome as well. Um, like 
uh, are we crazy? Do we actually know what we're doing? And then sometimes, oh, sometimes we record things and I listen back to it and I'm like, we actually know what we're talking about. Like this actually, like it makes sense. And even though you know it, you know what you're talking about, you still get that when you're listening back and editing the video or the audio, and you still get this like shocked moment, like, oh, this actually yeah. sounds good. That's what I saw a, um, a cartoon, I think in the last day or two, and it was about a, it was two people talking and, and one person said, oh, he said, what are you doing? So I'm doing this. He goes, well, that's never been done before. He goes, I know. And he said, well, the experts said you can't do it. And he said, well, that's why they're experts. He said, but entrepreneurs say that you can. Yes. So it's, it's a different point of view, I guess. You know, an expert might say, no, you can't do this. But an entrepreneur says, no, we're going to because it's never been done before. Exactly. And that's the point that we're coming from is everything that we want to portray to people. And we want all of these things that we so strongly believe in is to become mainstream. Like this <laughs> should be the way that things are approached and attacked. For, for everyday people, both in companies when they're looking at issues that they're trying to solve, both in companies, but also for an individual. This is how they need to learn how to cope with these things and how to solve them and how to start to fix the root of the issue rather than just surface-level issues. Yeah, band, um, rather than band-aid, you need, to tell them, you need to get back towards what the, the main cause of the problem is and look at that and potentially take people backwards to then step forwards past because people are going to rush and they get that initial quick win and then they get stagnant or stuck there. Yeah. They don't understand sometimes you may have to regress to progress. Yes, and so. making that a mainstay. In it. And because everything is so strongly dominated by um, your fads and your quick fixes and get this now, um, it is obviously a concern for us. And are we able to provide the level of education needed to make that change? So, yeah, that is something that we're working on as well. And something that we're, yeah, we've been fearful as well as to try and get that out and for it to be classed as mainstream or able to assist people in main, like in their, their businesses and in their staffing. Yeah. Well, that's great. So just before we wrap it up, I'll ask you one last thing. So if you could give our listeners one piece of advice who are maybe thinking of starting a business to address an issue or pivoting their current business to address an issue, what what advice would you give them? I would say get rigidly clear on the purpose of your business and the mission of your business. What are you trying to achieve? So like purpose is the broad overview. Why does your business exist? Like why are you making this? If you have no purpose behind your business and no reason why you're making this, there may be an issue, but if you're not passionate about the purpose and the reason why it is, exists, you'll find that you'll get to the first hurdle that you jump over you may make it but the second hurdle you get to all of a sudden it's too hard it's not going to work and you're going to throw in the towel same thing with your mission five to ten years what do you want to achieve in five to ten years ten years gives you a little bit of room to stuff up mess up and keep going and still make that 10 year that 10 year vision but that is going to drive your day to day and plan and plan just keep planning <laughs> no, that's good um, i think with like what katie's saying is planning that's fine and you can have a plan Sometimes you just need to set some key markers for you to revise. So you need to set some markers for you to say some revisions and say, okay, do I need to change? Do we need to pivot? Do we need to move? Do I need to end up having an issue with as far as where I'm looking towards and what my original goal was? Is it a problem I'm trying to solve or is it something totally new? Is there no one doing this in this space? So like Katie had said, have clear goals, set those clear goals, clear missions in what you're trying to do. Make sure you've got patch for it, but be okay with being able to revise it. 
sometimes pull back, sometimes maybe you had this massive long and sometimes your passion and your goals for it doesn't need to be a 400 word essay with exactly how everyone's problem is. Sometimes it may just be a sentence of what you're trying to go and be okay with sometimes revising it and coming back and looking to go in a different direction. It's, it's perfectly fine. Everyone adjusts what they are, but just have that clear main nutted down goal and it may just vary from there. Yeah. That's great. So if our listeners decide they want to look you up and uh, one, subscribe to your podcast, 360 View, but also if they want to get a subscription to one of your fitness programs or look you up even further, where can they find you? Um, so they can find us on Instagram at 360view.co. They can find us on Facebook at 360view and then on podcast at 360view and on our website at 360view.co. Um, our programs have not released yet, but they will be dropping over the next couple of months. Um, it is slowly dripping them out for the staged release of those programs. So yeah, if you would like, you can give us a follow there. Um, and by all means, send us a message if something helps you. Um, yeah, or, if you have or, any questions, yeah, on, any any questions on anything that is, we're more than happy to answer them. And we do sometimes. I like to tangent. Katie likes to hold me so rigid sometimes <laughs> when we do that. But um, yeah, we definitely work well. And if you want to send in a question or something you want us to follow or, or chase up, is trying to nut down some of that information, send it through. Yeah. No, that's really good. And um, definitely once your programs are out, let me know and I'll be sure to mention it in one of my future podcasts so the listeners can come in and uh, you know look it up but sounds like you guys are, are very passionate about what you're doing and I know that you, you've done a lot of planning and put a lot of things in place and I wish you all the best in, in the future with the 360 view beautiful thank you thanks Blake. for having us Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you did, if there's something that you would like to comment to me specifically on in regard to this episode, feel free to reach out to me at blakerepine at gmail.com. Also, connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search my name, Blake Repine. You can also connect with me on any of my social media platforms. Just search my name, Blake Repine or Blake Repine Official. DM me through there. Let me know your uh, comments on this subject. Also, if there's anything else you'd like for me to speak about, please feel free to contact me. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you again soon.